Hello, and welcome to another Christian Faith Radio Hour shortcast. This is David Canfield, and I'm recording this on Friday, June 30th, 2023. And yesterday, I saw a video on YouTube, and to use the modern parlance, I, I, I was basically triggered by that video. It, it was, to be honest, it wasn't anything unusual, but it just reinforced a view that so many Christians don't really understand what's going on in the New Testament. And so I wanted to say something in response to that. I was, I was actually trying to find it again today, and for whatever reason, I couldn't. But the basic thought I was able to get yesterday, and, and what they were doing, they were talking about Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23, and the title of the video was something like, uh, Who Will Get Into Heaven? And I've seen this guy's videos before. This one had something like 10,000 uh, views, so not a, not a ton, but not bad. And he speaks with a very authoritative verse, as though he quite understands what's uh, what's going on. And he tells Christians what the conditions are for getting into heaven, and he uses these verses to describe what those conditions are. So many people may listen to that and feel that he's explaining in a good way what the conditions are for, so to speak, going to heaven. And so, as I say, I was triggered by that. And I, so I just wanted to use this short cast to respond to that briefly. And I would begin by saying it really reminded me of Paul's charge to Timothy in his last letter that he ever wrote, just before his martyrdom. He tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who has no cause to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of the truth. So we do need to make proper distinctions in the scriptures if we're going to handle the scriptures in a proper way. And, you know, the the dear brother who was putting out the video yesterday and many other Christians who fall into this same kind of error simply don't make a proper distinction here. So let me read, just first of all, read those verses that uh, he was quoting in Matthew chapter 7. Again, it's verses 21 through 23. And he says, not everyone, this is the Lord speaking, of course, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of the heavens, but he who does the will of my Father who is in the heavens. Many shall say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name do many works of power? And then I shall declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And the basic view of the brother who was sharing about these verses, and he wanted believers to be very earnest in their following of Christ and in their seeking of the Lord. His his feeling is, unless you meet the criteria that the Lord lays down in these verses, you cannot have the assurance that you are going to be with the Lord for eternity. And he, again, was using this phrase about going to heaven. So there's two things that I want to deal with here, two very, very significant problems with this kind of view. And the first is, just in general, with the concept that as the believers in Christ, our goal is to go to heaven. That is a profoundly, profoundly mistaken understanding of what the Christian life is all about. And uh, we've done some podcasts on this topic before, and I'm going to link to them in in the description below. But the Christian life is absolutely not about going to heaven. There's nothing in the New Testament that indicates That is what our goal should be. That teaching is really satanic. And the verse I always refer to is at the beginning of the book of Acts. The Lord ascends into heaven and the disciples are watching him. 
Acts chapter 1, verse 10, it says, While they were gazing into heaven as he was departing, behold, two men in white stood beside them, who also said, You men of Galilee, why do you stand about looking into heaven? And so many Christians today are just like that. They're just standing around looking into heaven. But the Lord is saying, Get busy. Preach the gospel. Stand for my kingdom on the earth. The Christian life is not about waiting to go to heaven. It's about God gaining his kingdom on the earth. And when the New Testament speaks of the kingdom of the heavens, as it does only in the Gospel of Matthew, it is talking about bringing the rule of God from the heavens down to the earth. That is what we as Christians should be focused on today. Not about going to heaven but about bringing God's kingdom from the heavens to the earth. Years ago, I called Moody Bible, Moody Radio, uh, because I was listening to some guy on the radio, and this was like 30, 35 years ago probably. And because they were talking about this, and you could call in and not be on the air, just talk to him off the air, so I did that. And I asked the guy who answered the phone, I said, well, but the Bible doesn't tell us we're going to heaven. In, in, In Revelation chapter 21 and 22, what you see is the new Jerusalem coming down from the heavens to the earth. And his answer, I, I still think about it. He said, well, yeah, we, we know that. It's just a matter of speaking. And I thought, if you say that, you have no clue what the New Testament is about. You're blinding Christians to God's purpose by using this phrase that we should expect to go to heaven. What the New Testament shows us is God bringing his kingdom to the earth. These are two completely different things. But Satan injects this heaven drug into the believers So they don't see the real purpose of their Christian life. And they just stand around like the the disciples there in the book of Acts until the angels came and said to them, why are you standing there gazing into heaven? Well, okay, today I would say to you, if you're this type of believer, why are you just standing there gazing into heaven? Don't just stand around looking up and waiting to die so you can go to heaven and, and see the Lord. Now, people have this concept about, you know, what's the point? You know, you sit around on clouds with harps. And wings, and, and that's how Satan mocks the idea of going to heaven in cartoons and things today. Man was created of the earth and for the earth. We were not created to go to heaven. That's not our eternal destiny. That's not where we are going to be. Eventually, God is going to establish his kingdom on the earth. Praise the Lord for that. And he's looking for some today who will cooperate with him in that regard. And we need to be very, very clear about this. Never accept the lie that our destiny is to go to heaven and that we are here waiting to go to heaven. When Matthew's talking about the kingdom of the heavens, it's talking about God's kingdom coming to the earth, as I've already said. In Matthew chapter 6, in the Lord's Prayer, as it's called, really defines that. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Our Father who is in the heavens, your name be sanctified, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the definition of the kingdom of the heavens. It is when the heavens rule over the earth. And that is what the Lord is looking for today. The Lord is looking for a group of people who are willing to come under the heavenly ruling of Christ because today he is in the heavens, even as they are living on the earth. So the Lord begins to bring his authority to the earth in a hidden, mysterious way. That's what the kingdom of the heavens is all about. In the next age, that's when, in the millennium, the Lord is going to come back and openly establish his kingdom on the earth at that time. Praise the Lord for that. That's when there will be righteousness on the earth, when the Lord finally comes back and puts an end to this present evil age. Then the kingdom of the heavens 
will be manifested in an open way for everyone to see. At that time, the new Jerusalem has not yet come down to the earth. So in this age, you have the ruling of the kingdom of the heavens in a mysterious way. In the next age, you're going to have it in an open, manifested way. But it's still the kingdom of the heavens because it's still that arrangement where the heavens are ruling over the earth. And I've gone into this in an earlier podcast in more detail. And again, I'll link to that below. And so if we are those who are under the heavenly ruling today, we will enter into the kingdom of the heavens as a reward when the Lord comes back for that 1,000-year period. Praise the Lord for that. That's going to be just a wonderful time for those faithful believers who receive that reward in the next age. And in this podcast, this shortcast, I don't have time to go into some of the verses, but I've talked about it in, in previous programs. But that's what the Lord is talking about here. So that brings me to the second point that I want to really touch on in this shortcast, which is the difference between eternal salvation and the kingdom reward. And that's what this passage is talking about. When the Lord says in Matthew 7, 21 through 23, he says, if you just say to me, Lord, Lord, that's not enough to enter into the kingdom of the heavens. He's not talking about our eternal destiny. Okay, and I'm going to translate it now because I don't like to use that phrase, going to heaven. We'll make it clear we're talking here about the kingdom reward and about eternal blessing. You know, in Romans chapter 10, uh, like it's verse 12 or 13, the Apostle Paul makes it very clear. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So here, there the Apostle Paul contradicts the Lord's word here. If you understand these verses in that way, if you think the Lord here is talking about eternal salvation, because the Apostle Paul said for sure, all you need to do is call on the Lord's name. And I would strongly say to you, Yes, that is all you need to do in terms of securing your eternal destiny if you simply open your heart and call out to the Lord, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I repent. Forgive me. Cleanse me of my sins. Your eternal destiny will be secured. Praise the Lord for that. But Matthew chapter 7 is not talking about your eternal destiny. It's talking about the reward of entering into the kingdom of the heavens when the Lord returns, as I just mentioned a minute ago. That's what these verses are about. And for that, it is not enough simply to call on the Lord's name and to believe in the Lord. For that, we have to be those, as the Lord says here in these verses, who do the Father's will, who pay the price to follow Christ, who become not just believers in Christ, but disciples of Christ, paying the price to follow him, to deny ourselves, to carry out his will on the earth today. That is what will qualify us to enter into the kingdom of the heavens when it's manifested in the next age because we will, by that time, have learned how to reign under the authority of Christ so we can, at that time, rule the earth on his behalf. That's what the Lord's talking about here. And you have to make that proper distinction. Again, as 2 Timothy uh, 2.15 says, you have to make these distinctions to understand the word of God properly. If you don't make that distinction... Then on the one hand, and you, and you think what the Lord here is talking about in Matthew chapter 7 relates to our eternal destiny, what you have is a works righteousness. You, you have to earn your salvation in that case. But when you understand, no, that's not talking about our, our eternal destiny. It's talking about our millennial destiny, where we are going to be for that 1,000-year period of Christ's reign on the earth. Then you realize this is an incentive to follow the Lord in a serious way today. You know, to follow the Lord in a proper way, we have to have the assurance 
that my eternal destiny is settled. Nothing can ever sever me from the love of Christ. Nothing. If I spent the rest of my life trying to mess that up, I couldn't do it because my eternal destiny is already secured. Praise the Lord for that. So I have the assurance, no matter how badly I mess up, I can always turn back to the Lord. There will be consequences, right? And discipline, and I'll suffer for my mistakes. You reap what you sow. There's no getting around that. But at least I know I always have the assurance. And I would, if you feel as a believer in Christ, you've really messed up, you've really screwed up, don't listen to Satan's lies and accusations. You can absolutely just turn again to the Lord and open your heart, confess your sins, and begin your Christian race again. That's what you need to do. That's the assurance we have because we know our eternal destiny is secured. That's the assurance of salvation, as some people call it. But the Lord, in his wisdom, gives us not only the assurance of salvation, he gives us the incentive of the reward and the discipline of the coming age, which is not eternity, but which is that 1,000-year reign of Christ. And that's what Matthew 7 is talking about. It's not talking about our eternal destiny, you know, the so-called going to heaven, as this this guy was saying yesterday. And, I, you know, my guess is probably he means well. But still, this kind of uh, uh, teaching is a very, very seriously mistaken, and it damages Christians to the uttermost. So we had to, like I say, I just uh, I saw that yesterday and uh, watched some of that, and I, uh, and I was triggered by it because many Christians are not clear about this. Not and Look at it the other way. Not many Christians have a proper concept of the difference between the millennial reward and eternal salvation. Now, Watchman Nee put it in a very good way in his book, The Salvation of the Soul, I think it is. He says, God sets before the sinner heaven and hell. He sets before the believer reward and punishment, discipline. But if even if you are punished for that 1,000-year reign of Christ because you weren't faithful to the Lord, at the end of that time, still, we have the assurance all the believers will be brought together to be with the Lord in a state of eternal blessing in the new heaven and the new earth, in the new Jerusalem for eternity. Praise the Lord for that. And so I, I hope that's helpful. If you have any questions about this passage in Matthew and the proper way to understand that, again, it comes so crucial to understand it in a proper way, proper way to rightly divide the word of God. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Christian Faith Radio Hour. For more resources, you can visit thechristianfaith.org, which is my website. If you'd like to receive my e-letter, just click on the subscribe link there and enter your email address. And to connect with us by email, just send us a note at notes at thechristianfaith.org. Until next time, may the Lord keep you in his way for his sake and his glory. In Jesus' name, amen.